Hello and welcome to another episode of How Do You Do? I'm Samantha Vinicor-Meinrat. And I'm Yael Harudi. And like every week, we are here talking about all things Jewy, this week with a special guest. We have brought on Shani Weiss, the founder of an awesome clothing brand called Schlepp and Schmo. Shani, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So just to give a little bit of introduction to our guest, Shani, as I said, is the founder of Schlepp and Schmo, a modern Jewish clothing brand inspired by TikTok and pop culture. During the day, she's a consultant, but in her free time, she gets to work on passion projects for the Jewish community, the latest one of which is Schlepp and Schmo. She is always looking for ways to get involved in the Philadelphia Jewish community where she lives and to support Israel advocacy more broadly. And I I feel like in full disclosure, we met several years ago as part of an Israel advocacy internship of some sort that I don't actually remember which one it was, but I'm so excited to reconnect and to bring Yael into this convo. And full disclosure, I have never met you, but we did try to record um, previously, so we can't, we're, we're friends. We're seasoned we vets. You've, you've <laughs> yeah. seen the behind the scenes of How Do You Do? She, she's, she's seen the, wor- the worst parts of us. So the yes, the best the Best and worst. So we want to start. Shani, tell us and our listeners who you are, what your Jewish story is, and how the way that you Jew brought you to where you are today. Sure. So I grew up modern Orthodox in a suburb of Philadelphia, actually from New Jersey, if anyone's listening from New Jersey, um, and had a really nice Jewish upbringing. I went to Jewish day camp. I went to private Jewish day school. Um, but I also had a, a very... Um, my life was almost in a bubble. So all of my friends were Jewish. All of my interactions had some Jewish essence uh, integrated in it. And so when I went to college, I it was really my first experience interacting with um, the secular world in a more formal way or, or more ever, everlasting way. And that's kind of when I realized, hey, I, I had such a great Jewish upbringing and I have such great experiences um, in, you know, the, the Jewish camps and Jewish youth groups and all of that. And I had seen that many of my friends um, at school didn't necessarily have that upbringing. And so for me, it was really important to give back to the Jewish community in some way because I had already built such great ties and I wanted to help others do the same. Um, and specifically, I found myself very involved with Israel advocacy by going on uh, some of these Israel programs and Israel trips, um, just like Samantha mentioned. And uh, my family, I have family that's from Israel, and um, it really meant a lot to me. And so I started a a, a Jewish uh, student group called Dragons for Israel, where we did a lot of Israel advocacy. Um, And since then, I've since graduated a few years ago. Uh, But I've always been looking for different ways to get involved in the Jewish community, um, because in college, it's really easy. There are so many opportunities for you to get involved and to give back. But when you are graduated, it seems like the easiest way to get involved is to join a board and donate a lot of money. And so I'm always looking for maybe the more non-traditional ways um, to to give back. And and Schlepp and Schmo is, is one of those ways. So that's kind of my story. That's so interesting, especially about like how to be involved as a Jewish adult, because I think you're totally right that in college, especially, there's any number of opportunities and you don't have to be like striving to be a a Jewish professional or a professional Jew. You could be a business major and be involved at Hillel or do Israel related internships or whatever it is. And then once you're an adult, there's this like in between stage where 
you might not necessarily, again, be a board member, be donating all this money, but you're still looking for those involvement spaces. And yeah, I feel like you've had that experience that you happen to be a board member <laughs> uh, for <laughs> the Cleveland, what is it, Young Professionals Board for the young Federation? Le- young Leadership Division. Young Leadership Division, excuse me. I <laughs> am not on said uh, division. You should be. Please don't recruit me. <laughs> I don't. I do donate. I'm good. Um, but you know, I think it's interesting for me coming as a like full time Jewish yes, communal yes. professional. Um, oftentimes, like no, you do enough. You do I'm enough. not the one who's on those board spaces. So I think it's really beautiful that in your both of you, like you're outside of work time you're giving back to these Jewish spaces and causes. And I feel like I've almost gone the opposite direction. It's what I do all day, every day. But then on like a Saturday morning when my husband, who is much kinder of a person than I am, will wake up and be like, do you want to go to synagogue? (laughs) He'll just be like, I've been Jewing from nine to five and not just nine to five all week. Like I kind of want to take a walk. I was actually going to say that your Jewish story and Shani's Jewish story kind of kind of sounds similar. So I really like that. I like that you're both kind of, you both kind of Jewed in the same way. We did. We did. And apparently at one, at least at one point it was together. We're just, I think it was the camera fellowship. Um, I think so. I mean, listen, you were in my Facebook profile picture for a very long time after that. Oh, wow. That's like, I mean, Respect. Yeah, no, that's a big deal. I recently, like, someone was, um, I forgot where I was reading this. It was like, remember the MySpace days when it was, like, a socially acceptable thing to, like, rank your eight best friends and put that on your profile? And, like, I guess being in someone's picture is basically the same thing. Huh, never made it to yeah. Israel. MySpace? No, no, my, MySpace, I think, I think. You know, I'm not sure. No, I'm pretty sure no. Whoa. I mean, I never had it, and I'm sure I would have. You would have. Yeah. You were cool. I sense it. Um, so, Shani, back to you. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of interested to know what inspired you to take on this clothing, clothing brand, and um, what are you hoping to achieve in your work? Yeah, so this clothing brand was inspired by um, the latest round of violence in Israel and the Israeli-Palestinian conflict um, and the uptick in anti-Semitism across the world. So um, we were talking about kind of this um, dichotomy between your work life and your Jewish life. And I remember while everything was going on, I was going to work every day. And when I say going to work, I was logging onto my computer because I'm still working remotely. But I felt like I was living in two different worlds. Like I, I felt so deeply what was going on um, in Israel and also in America and other places across the globe. But I didn't feel like I could express it with the people at work. So I, I really wanted to take that energy and do something with it. And you know, there was so much going on on social media, and I said I could be posting, which I did a lot, but it many times it it feels like it's fleeting or it even is divisive and um i said what what's maybe more enduring or what feels like a a better solution to some of this um and i should put better in quotation marks but um i said well why not try and go to the root of the issue or at least create really great um uh jewish identities for um the next generation who's going to have to deal with these type of things when you know the next round of incitement uh violence is incited or the next round of anti-semitism flares its head again and so i said what have i been doing during in quarantine these last few months i've been watching a lot of tiktoks and i see that the next generation has just a different culture Mm -hmm. than uh the millennials like me 
And um, I said, why not create some type of clothing brand that really merges their Jewish world with the secular world? And so I created these shirts that reference uh, TikTok references, um, but do it in a Jewish way. And my goal is that people will wear them and that they feel like they can really merge their two identities together and that they can be confident um, that they're Jewish and be proud that they're Jewish, but also that they can show the world, hey, look, we're not too dissimilar. Um, we both like TikTok. We both reference the same pop culture. I just happen to be Jewish, too, and, and we shouldn't view each other as, as um, two different types of people. We're really humanity all enjoying the same type of pop culture. I love that. Um, and I think there's, it's so interesting that you're referencing TikTok because on the one hand we see, especially with Gen Z and I've heard the next generation is Gen Alpha. There's, um, <laughs> right? Like I'm not ready I'm for not, that. I'm not keeping track. I'm, <laughs> I'm keeping track uh, for all of us. I'm do, doing the holy work here. It's too <laughs> scary for me to but, keep track of that. Feel so old. there's this universal language of TikTok and of social media and like these shared trends. But at the same time, there's a huge uptick in anti-Semitism, especially on social media, especially on TikTok, but also in person. And we see this dichotomy of people are proud of being Jewish, they love being Jewish, but especially with this latest outbreak of anti-Semitism and almost like the uptick in physical violence, people are becoming more hesitant to present Jewishly in public. And so I'm wondering how you and your brand are responding to that and how you're seeking to empower Jews by, you know, literally wearing it on their chests, wearing it on their sleeves, um, when there might be more than before a hesitance to, yeah, brand yourself as Jewish? I think it's a really great question, and I don't have a perfect answer, because I... I know that when my brother, he recently moved to New York, and it was when everything was going on, and him and my mom and, and myself, we were all sitting at the table, and we were saying, okay, are you going to wear your kippah in New York, or are you not? Um, and it's, I think it's a very personal decision of what, what you end up doing, but I do want to create an avenue for those that do feel like they want to show that uh, they are overtly Jewish. Like my husband, uh, we talked about if he should wear his kippah, he said, listen, if I don't wear it, there aren't a lot of other people that are going to wear it. So I want to show that we're not afraid to be Jewish, even when things are, are kind of happening to us. Um, and so in that sense, I want to provide this, this channel or outlet so that people can show their Jewish pride in a way that maybe is a bit more mainstream versus just a yarmulke. It could be something that's a bit more funny or catchy or something that someone who's not Jewish might understand some type of reference if it's TikTok or pop culture related. On the flip side, um, I have had a bunch of people reach out to me saying, hey, I don't know if I would wear these shirts. You know, maybe I'm a mom or, um, you know, maybe I, I like this stuff, but I most of my clothes are work-related. And you create, like, mugs or bags or something like that. And I think that would be another great way for people that feel less comfortable um, to still, maybe they buy it out of feeling like, this is, this is my ticket to my Jewish pride. I'm doing my Jewish deed for the day. Or maybe they get it as a gift and, and it means something to them. Um, so I hope that I can create options for people on where they fall on the spectrum. I love that. Can I share an anecdote about Jewish clothing? Is that okay with yeah. everyone? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my low-key, not at all low-key goal in life is to be the Jewish Miss Frizzle. Yeah, Elle, did the Magic School Bus and Miss Frizzle make it to Israel? It did. Okay, so unlike MySpace. <laughs> and translated to Hebrew. Amazing. So for those who do not remember the style icon that is Miss Frizzle, every time she taught a lesson to her like class of, her science class, I think it was, 
um, her entire outfit reflected it. So she had her solar system dress and her like under the sea dress and her like bodily organs dress, which in retrospect was terrifying and gross. Um, I want to be the I Jewish. I remember that one. I want now. Oh, I have a very specific memory because I remember the like that book Google where it. they like go through like the human digestive system. Ew. It really stayed with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be the Jewish version of that, and I'm low key working towards it because I have either leggings or dresses or skirts for almost every Jewish holiday, major I can and attest. minor. I can attest. Um, And I always think it's really fun to dress up for the holidays, but in some ways it feels like the ultimate insider thing. It's not like I'm wearing a shirt that says Jew, but when I'm walking around the street on Rosh Hashanah and I are like around that season and I'm wearing this apples and honey legging set that I do have, if you know, you know, and you smile, and it makes yeah. you feel like I get it. And if you don't know, I'm just like an oddly dressed person. What I like about Shani's clothes is that they also open up conversation. Yeah, yeah. I love that. And I and I think that, you know, it's interesting, growing up in the youth movement space in the States, every single convention or Shabbaton or whatever it is that you did, at the end of it, there's a t-shirt. Um, yeah. I feel like it's this such an American Jewish thing. If you went anywhere if you did a trip to israel if you did a cross-country trip or if you just like went to a hotel for a weekend to like have a shabbat experience the giveaway is a t-shirt with some kind of inside joke on it from the experience and i and shani i think i can speak for you also have in my parents house i think an entire closet full of t-shirts that like some Jewish educator thought were so cool in terms of these random sayings. And some of them are really cool. At least one of them I think like is now banned that it was a BBYO shirt that was like made like underground, like someone printed it unofficially and it said on it BYOB, whoops, I mean BBYO. Oh no. (laughs) And like they were confiscated for like promoting illicit activities. It was amazing. But I have all these shirts and I'm wondering, Shani, anyone who wants to jump in, like why we crave apparently having these like branded things to say I was part of this experience. The other thing that comes to mind for this is growing up in New York um, in the 90s, early 2000s, everyone's bat mitzvah. The giveaway would be either a shirt or sweatpants, some kind of swag item that would say mine particularly said my bat mitzvah was spring themed because my middle name's Aviva. Um, so they said like I sprung into spring at Samantha's spring fling. I That's burned into my skull. And yeah, Elle's face right now is bullying. Um, and the thing to do on a Monday morning would be to wear the shirt or the pants or whatever the swag item was from whatever bar or bat mitzvah you went to that weekend to school. And then it became like this whole parental controversy because people felt bad if everyone's wearing the shirts from Yael's bat mitzvah, but Samantha wasn't invited. Um, Like it became such a thing. So I'm wondering just like this Jewish preponderance for whimsically themed clothing. And if you guys want to speak to that at all. Well, I think it's really interesting. Here's my here's my guess. I, I can't say that I know the answer, but I'm thinking that there's two possible reasons for this. One is 
um, it creates a community of Jews that had a shared experience, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I'm trying to do with Schlepp and Schmo. If, if um, some teenagers or kids are, are kind of wearing these shirts and they see others wearing them, they kind of get a, a boost of confidence of, yeah, this is cool. It's cool to be Jewish. We have this community. I know that there are people that kind of have my back if, if push comes to shove. But then I think there's another part of the puzzle, which is, I'm going to liken it to when I go to Israel, I keep kosher. So when I go to Israel, the first thing I want to do is find a kosher McDonald's. That's all I want to do when I get to Israel. And every time I tell someone that they're like McDonald's, really? I'm like, yeah, but it's the novelty. I don't get to have this stuff on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And I think when you find Jewish clothes that kind of intersect with the secular world, it's it's a novel it's a novel concept or they're a novelty because you just don't see them around all that much. Um, and the traditional things that you might find are like, you know, the, the very, um, the shirts that like scream that you're Jewish. Like Samantha, you said like you have apples and honey. You don't say like apples and honey, Rosh Hashanah on your shirt. But many times when you look online, the shirts are like cringingly Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that this could almost be like a, a novel way to approach it and it's kind of fun and different and, and you don't, it's more rare. That's that's what I'm going with. Yeah, so and I think like we're also, I mean, we grow up that we know that we're so small, mm-hmm. such a small community and we're, and we're like a minority. And so, and we're always taught to, when, as we're raised, we're taught to stick together and how important it is to be a community. And then, I don't know, I think like clothing, clothing is also like part of it. Just yeah. being together, being a community brings us together, kind of a sense of pride. And I, I agree. And I think especially for those of us who don't dress in like a traditional, say Orthodox Jewish way or modest way that people would think of and look at you and be like, oh, she looks Jewish, for better, for worse. We could have that whole conversation. Being able to like be walking around in public and you know, again, you're in, people know, and it's exciting. I remember, I think the expression is called bageling, where if you're in public and you like wanna signify to someone else that you're Jewish without being awkward about it. Like if I saw you on a subway in New York and you were speaking Hebrew and I like, for some, like deep seated, probably like psychologically uh, induced reason wanted you to know, like I'm part of your same club. The thing to do would be either to like pull out my Jewish star and swing it around really aggressively <laughs> or to like call, make a f- call on the phone to my dad and be like, Abba. Um, and then like have you look up and we would lock eyes and there'd be a nod and we would acknowledge like we're in the tribe together. We're in the same club. And I feel like having these kinds of shirts out there, like it, again, it lets someone be able to be, you know, however it is they're doing, whatever jeans they're wearing, whatever shorts they're wearing, there's still something that can like signify, like I'm in the same club as you. I actually have a funny story about that. I'm ready. So I think it was, it was my last visit to Israel, so it was definitely over a year ago, um, way before COVID. I was on my way back and I had a connection in New York. Mm-hmm. So I was sitting in New York next to the gate, waiting for the flight, and a woman passes by and she's wearing a shirt that says Kapala. <laughs> In Hebrew. Now, I don't know how to translate that, so maybe, Samantha, you can help me. I mean, literally, it's cow, but it's like... No, it's not. But it's like a... It's like an endearment. It's like an endearment. Like, yeah. it's just like, honey, I don't know, like, yeah, it's, it's like yeah, something I girls guess, say yeah. to each other. Like... Not only... But yeah, I guess, I guess it's like... I guess it's like saying honey yeah. to someone, like, sweetie, okay? Not exactly, but 
you get it. So, so she was wearing this shirt and says Kapara in Hebrew on it. And I'm looking at her, looking at the shirt. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to walk up to her and just say, and um, also in New York at the airport, probably a lot of Israelis and a lot of Jews. That's and, where they hang out. Guys. It makes sense. Okay. So I'm, and I'm waiting for the plane to Cleveland. So uh-huh. what are the odds? I get, I, I get on the plane and across the aisle for me. Here she is, the woman wearing the shirt that says Kapara. So I turn to her and I say in English, because I don't know what mm-hmm. language she speaks, I said, I really like your shirt. So she smiles and she says, thank you. And I said, I don't know what language you speak, but I understand what's written on it. <laughs> <laughs> and she smiles and she starts speaking in Hebrew to me. Um, and so we start speaking in Hebrew. These two Israelis, both from Cleveland, we ended up sharing an Uber back home because we lived. That's a deep bond. So that was Mirit. <laughs> oh my God. I know who the person was. And then um, I ended up, by the end of our flight and ride home, I ended up inviting her to my Mimuna that I was, that I had that year after Passover. Maybe this is why we don't want to present Jewishly in public and go like under the radar. And she came to my Mimuna. That's beautiful. That same week she came to the Mimuna with her girl. I've had I've had several like similar and I think that's why yeah so that just sorry to cut you off no. but that is why we wear these clothes I it love does it. bring us together it and does. I, I made a new friend because of that I love that that's such a <laughs> precious story all right so Shani we know that people want to be brought together or like either secretly implicitly or explicitly so what are your most popular shirts? Um, because I personally really like the one with the llama on it. Um, but I also really appreciated there are several that have um, like, like, it looks like a name tag on it, a name badge. And one of them says like, hello, my name is like nice Jewish doctor or something. Yeah. And yep. since I am a doctor of education, I was like, I started actually showing it to people in my friend group, being like, don't you think that someone should get me this shirt? And oh, I'm going to get you. I'm well, going to get the shirt. Well, so far, every single person I've spoken to has been like, yeah, you should get that shirt. And I'm like, no, no, no. Shouldn't someone get me this shirt? And like, friends who are listening, you know who you are. Did Noam not pick up on this? He's really not. Here I am being a really bad friend telling other people to buy her this year. The trend (laughs) continues. Uh, Noam did say he was like, yeah, again, you should get that shirt. Oh, my God. Um, So I think that's a commentary on every single person I'm friends with. But what are the best sellers or like what are the most popular ones? I'll try not to be offended. So I'll tell you the the best sellers and then I'll tell you my favorites because they're not necessarily related. So the best sellers are that Lama Lo shirt. It says... Learn Hebrew, Lama Lo, and it has a picture of a llama on it. Genius. And Love it. There's another one that says um, new question mark. That one I'm, I'm surprised by, but I think a lot of people use that term frequently. And so seeing it on a shirt is kind of um, a novelty for them. That's my so favorite, the- by the way. That's, <laughs> when, when Samantha and I were scrolling your site, I told her, oh my God, this is new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then the, my favorites are... Um, one that says Shabbat leftovers are sus. I had yes. to learn what sus meant, but it just means suspect. Um, and then oh, one I made- now I understand that. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> 
Um, it's funny, my brother just had an engagement party yesterday, and, and I was in, like, a local newspaper, like, Schlepp and Schmo was in a local newspaper. So wow, everyone, that's really cool. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you. But all my parents' friends were there, and they're like, oh, I saw, I saw the shirts, but I have to say, I don't understand any of them. And I'm like, listen, I don't always understand them myself, but that's I've adorable. got three other brothers, and they all help me. <laughs> They'll, like, give me ideas for shirts or explain things to me, so... Um, I would say that that's my favorite one. That's personally. adorable. I love that. That's really cool. I remember when I was working, my first like Jewish job, um, I don't know uh, like how this is coming to mind right now, but we would be in like the break room and somehow like someone said there's like a rule about Shabbat leftovers that you need to eat them when the closest Shabbat is still the previous one, not the upcoming one. So if someone would bring in like leftover and you could you can tell what Shabbat leftovers are. And if someone would bring it in like on a Monday, that was fine. But if you brought it in on a Wednesday, it was like the closest Shabbat is further away. That is no longer acceptable public grocerying. Okay, so just I'm, I'm, I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna um, give myself uh, to the authorities. <laughs> I'm gonna have my confess. In. I'm gonna confess this. Um, so right before Samantha came, I just finished the last Shabbat leftovers. It's Monday. Is That's it still, okay. Is it still legal in your terms? I mean, as I mean, I guess as a professional food. Jew, I do have authority to like rule on this, and I think you're okay. I wasn't gonna throw them out. It's mommy's food. That seems fair. <laughs> seems fair. Well, I have I have a funny story about this. My husband's gonna kill me, but kind of similarly. Um, the last time my husband and I were in Israel, we went to the Shuk really early. Uh, we were in Jerusalem. We went to the Shuk really early Friday morning to get like a bunch of food for Shabbat. Yeah. And then we we're going to go like explore. Well, that was not the right thing to do. Apparently, you don't want to go right before, like really early on Friday because all the food is like leftover. Ooh. So like but all this meat and it was, it had all gone bad. Oh. And my husband had had some of it. And he's like, is this what it's supposed to taste like? And I like, <laughs> like, no, please tell me you didn't eat that. Well, he was really sick that entire Shabbat. So oh, no. that's you sucks. have to get shook food right before Shabbat if you want it to be fresh. That's I a didn't good know tip. That. But that's a good, like it makes complete sense now that you've said it out loud. <laughs> So, Shani, we see that through Schlepp and Schmo and through, like, your advocacy and just engagement work in general, um, you are both, like, personally and side hustly, if we can make that an adverb, um, obviously invested in the Jewish people, Jewish community. So we want to ask, what do you think are the biggest challenges facing the Jewish people today? And what are the biggest points of hope or pride? What are the, the bright spots also that you see? It's a good question. Um, the biggest challenge and, and the bright side are, actually I might say they're the same thing. Uh, That's very I would point meta. Social, social media, I think um, some of the biggest challenges are just what's out there and just the vitriol and the hatred that you see on social media. You know, you can post something just about being Jewish and there are a million comments that say, you know, screw Israel, Israel is, you know, killing everyone. Um, free Palestine, which not that that's a bad thing in and of itself, but relative to just it, it being out of context is is just worrisome. And and that I think is, is really difficult for the next generation that spends most of their life on social media. It becomes much harder to post something outwardly Jewish um, and to want to do that and to want to put yourself out there. So that's, to me, some of the scariest, uh, some of the biggest challenges or scariest challenges for Jews. On the flip side, I think social media is, is one of the few places 
maybe outside of Israel or highly um, populated Jewish areas where you can really see Jews coming together. Mm -hmm. So when everything was happening um, with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, me, all my friends, we were posting things on Instagram, but we were also um, encouraging one another. So people that I had not spoken to in years would you know, comment on something that I had posted about Israel or about the anti-Semitism that was going on. And it was a really great way to connect. And it, it was very inspiring. So um, while social media definitely has some downfalls, I also think it, it really is inspiring when you see the Jewish community coming together. I love that. I think that's such a, a great note, because especially for people who um, especially for people who are Jewish in either ways or in spaces that are not considered mainstream. Um, I was recently speaking to someone who identifies as both Jewish and Roma. She's part of the Romani people. Um, And she was saying she lives in a rural, like small town community, let alone she's one of the only Jews, but she'd never met anyone else who had her background, anyone else who was like her. And by creating an Instagram account like highlighting that part of her identity she was able to educate people who hadn't heard about that kind of intersectional identity but also to find other people who had her shared story or similar stories and to really create a community using social media and exactly what you said of course there are you know haters so to uh so to speak but i think that by creating these spaces um, there's really like important work to be done as we think about what it means to be in community, especially as fingers crossed we're coming out of COVID. Shani, yeah. um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people buy their Schlepp and Schmo swag, um, but also to follow you and to hear about the work that you're doing? Yeah, go to www.schleppenschmo.com. It's S-C-H, just know that for both Schlepp and Schmo. Um, all, all of the products are there. And then follow us on Instagram too, Schlepp and Schmo. Um, on Instagram, we have um, kind of updates on new clothing or what's recently come out or different Jewish organizations or events that we've partnered with. Um, and uh, yeah, just follow us there and, and you'll get all the latest content. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, for sharing your story. Um, And we just want to remind everyone, speaking of following things and finding things on social media, you can always follow us at HowDoYouJewPod on Instagram. Check out our website at HowDoYouJewPod.com. Don't forget, wherever you are listening to this podcast, follow us, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars so we can continue growing our audience. And you can send us any feedback at HowDoYouJewPod at gmail.com. And please, please, please don't forget to check out Shani's website and its awesome clothes. Um, And until next time, happy Jewing!